Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. The righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience continue yep. in some well-doing seek nope. for glory and honor and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. You an African-American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Yep. Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' say it? Nope. We gon' explode. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do you follow these laws?
from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose the most I heard see it's a Two sides to choose from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose Who you gonna choose Got to choose Alright, alright, alright You gonna learn today Alright, alright, alright You gonna learn today All right, all right, all right. Shalom, 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 shalom. Welcome once again to another episode of ISBHPK Presents Bible Talk. My name is Mishaba. I am one of the teachers with the ISBHPK Network of Schools, teaching Hebrew Israelites across the world, across the nation, that the so-called Negroes, West Indians, Puerto Ricans, Haitians, Dominicans, Cubans, North American Indians, similar Indians, Argentinians, Chileans, Brazilians, Colombians, Panamanians, and so-called Mexicans, those people whose fathers were of Negroid, uh, Indian or Latin, uh, Latin descent scattered throughout North, Central, South America, that you are the descendants of the 12 lost tribes of the nation of Israel, and that the 12 tribes have been scattered to the four corners of the earth. But here in the Americas, particularly North America, that those people of Negroid, so-called uh, Native American and so, uh, or Indian, so-called um, Latina, if I'm saying it right, descent, you are descendants of the 12 lost tribes of the nation of Israel. Um, ISBHBK Bible Talk. Uh, podcast. We uh, we we do our show every Monday through Thursday. Uh, we try to keep it from 10 a.m. Uh, Central Standard Time to noon Central Standard Time. But today I had a little bit of counseling. I had a little bit of um, extra work I had had to put in this morning. So we did get started a little bit uh, 30 minutes late this morning. But usually you can catch us Monday through Thursday from 10 10 a.m. to 12 noon Central Standard Time right here on uh, 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 blogtalkradio.com. Uh, or you can call in at area code 646. Um, come on. Wow, my head, my mind. Area code 646-668-2568. I've been knowing this number for years. Area code 646-668-2568 to listen to the live show, um, if you choose to, or go to www.blogtalkradio.com. Type in, uh, go to the search box, put in Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A. That'll be into our episode page, and you'll see um, live now, if you call into the time we're broad- podcasting, and you can click the, follow, uh, the join now, and you'll be able to listen to, listen to the show through your laptop, um, desktop, um, tablet, or phone, uh, if, if you choose to. Uh, thank you, everybody, for, uh, for, for, for checking us out. And again, you have reached ISBHBK Bible Talk Podcast. Um, ISBHBK has schools in San Antonio. Our school in San Antonio is located at 4444 Walsham, uh, suite number 201, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. And the priest of contact there for our school here in San Antonio is Priest of Warner Iron. And you can reach him at area code 210-862-2643 or Priest Samshuan at area code 505 9609. If you'd like to uh, tune into the classes or watch the classes, they do have um, ISBHBK San Antonio, a YouTube channel, 
um, that you can catch them every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. And, again, again on Saturdays, you can catch the Sabbath service uh, from, from the school here in San Antonio, uh, 10 a.m. at ISBHPK um, San Antonio. And remember, every Friday night, um, uh, the Brother Cover Cow from Guatemala does a live stream class on ISBHPK San Antonio, uh, again, from 7 to 9, that you can tune in and check out the Brother Kyle Cobb um, and his teachings and his edification every Friday night from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. at ISBHPK um, San Antonio YouTube channel. Uh, if you'd like to show support and help support uh, the school here in San Antonio, we invite you to check out Eastern Fragrances. Uh, they have a kiosk at the Rolling Oaks Mall on the first floor of Rolling Oaks Mall in front of uh, Victoria's Secret in between the American Cookie Company and the elevators going up to the elevators going up to the food court. Um, there's a third kiosk down. It's called Eastern Fragrances, where you can get the latest in cologne and perfume oils, as well as incense um, oils and uh, Egyptian bottles. Check them out. Uh, um, uh, scents for any mood, for men, women, and children, for the house, for the car, what have you. Please check out and, and, and show support to the school here in San Antonio by checking out Eastern Fragrances kiosk at Rolling Gold Small. Uh, another business that's been set up to help keep the school running and, and, and provide employment is On The Mark Moving. It's a moving company uh, that, that is a functioning and helping support the school here in San Antonio. Any moving needs that you, that you need to accomplish uh, from an office space to an apartment to a house to um, a garage, a storage, an attic, whatever you need moved, please contact the brothers at uh, On The Mark Moving. Uh, and they can accommodate anything you got going on. If you need help, even packing, they provide a, a, a one of some of the best prices uh, that you're ever going to find. That they will help you even we provide services. They help you pack if you need help packing anything you got going on. Uh, they're preparing for the move. So please support On the Mark Moving. Um, their office is located at the school, all right, which is 4444 Walsham, Suite 201, San Antonio, Texas. 678218, or call the Brother Sam Shawan, area code 505-387-9609. They help show support for the school here in San Antonio. Um, for our other schools, um, we invite you to please check out isbhbk.com. For our other schools in Houston, Norfolk, and Rochester, we ask that you please check out isbhbk.com. Um, for our school location in Houston, which is located at 231 FM, Road 1092, Stafford, Texas, 77477. Um, the priest of contact there is Priest Quatazat. If you'd like to um, make any personal donations, uh, computers, cars, Bibles, dictionaries, apocryphals, um, uh, uh, paper, pens, um, uh, laptops, desktops, uh, uh, chairs, a printer, printer ink, printer cartridges, um, anything to help keep a, a school running, please contact Priest Quatazat at area code 303-557-8979. Uh, please visit the school, or you can see the school online uh, Mondays and Wednesdays from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time at ISBHPK Houston uh, YouTube channel. Um, and then again, uh, Fridays, uh, Friday nights from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then on Saturdays, they have a Sabbath service starting at 10 a.m. That's for our school there in Houston. For our school in Norfolk, um, we ask you to uh, uh, remind you that the address is 2610 Granby Street, 2610 Granby Street, 
uh, Norfolk, Virginia, 23517. And the priest of contact there is Priest Kazakia. And you can reach him at area code 757-300-4047. If you'd like to watch the classes in in Norfolk, uh, they do a Facebook Live every Tuesday and Thursday starting from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, Tuesdays and Thursdays on Facebook Live. You can catch the classes coming out of Norfolk, uh, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook Live. Then uh, you can watch the class on Friday nights from the ISBHBK Norfolk channel on YouTube, Friday nights from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then again on Saturdays, catch the Sabbath service on Saturdays at ISBHBK Norfolk YouTube channel starting at 12 noon. Our school in Rochester, our school in Rochester is located, Rochester, New York, is located at 1600 Lyle Avenue, suite number 1A. Uh, 1600 Lyle Avenue, suite number 1A, Rochester, New York, 14606. And the priest of contact there is Priest Zion Allah. Um, and you can reach him at area code 757-762-3917. Again, for any questions you might have, or again, if, you want, if there's any donations that you want to help the school out with in Rochester, please contact your brother um, Zion Allah. Again, area code 757-762-3917. Um, if you'd like to see the classes in Rochester, um, they broadcast every Tuesday and Thursday at ISBHBK Rochester on YouTube. That's uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at ISBHPK Rochester. And then they also have classes on Saturdays starting at 10 a.m. as well. 10 a.m., um, again, that's Eastern Standard Time. For our schools in Houston, Norfolk, and Rochester, the school rents uh, uh, every month equate to $4,450 every single month. Uh, just to keep the lights on in those three locations comes to $850 just to keep the lights on. And then the Internet uh, for the three locations comes out to $600 every month for a whopping total of $5,900 every single month that has got to be raised up to keep the rent, keep the lights, and keep the Internet going in Houston, Rochester, and Norfolk. By checking out isbhbk.com, uh, you can also there's links to uh, Chosen Creations. There's also links to uh, Sweet Ambiance, and there's also links to uh, Israelware. As I pull the website up real quick, With the link to Chosen Creations, Chosen Creations is dedicated to bringing back the beauty of Hebrew-Israelite culture. Chosen Creations offers custom engraved jewelry, personalized home decor, and unique gifts uh, you can't find anywhere else. So we, we do invite you to please check out, and, and um, if you want to get your home decor or some customized jewelry made, check out um, uh, uh, Chosen Creations or go to Chosen Creations. Etsy.com, Chosen Creations at Etsy.com, but go to the website. Go to ISBHBK.com, all right? Uh, there's also links uh, to Sweet Ambiance, and Sweet Ambiance provides uh, monetary and job support to ISBHBK by engineering custom fragrances so every one of your moods can smell amazing. Uh, when, support, when you support Sweet Ambiance, you support ISBHPK. Uh, there's links to that uh, at, at, on the website at isbhbk.com, and also Israelware. All right, there's also links to Israelware. 
Every piece is handmade. Every garment that is that you that you get from uh, Israel wear is handmade. You can request either a custom uh, custom design, or we create one for you based on your color, preference, and style. Uh, bring any idea to us, and we can bring it to life. Again, that's that's Israel wear at isbhbk dot com. Um, uh, show support again. That's a hefty rent that needs to be come up with every single month for the three locations. Uh, you can help show your support uh, by uh, by purchasing things from Chosen Creations, Sweet Ambiance, or Israel Wear. Uh, let me get back to my page here. Um, or if you just want to send a financial support, a financial donation, um, uh, there's a Wells Fargo account. If you just want to make a direct monetary um, um, donation to, to, to the schools, um, there's a Wells Fargo account um, at one zero one five eight zero six one six seven. Wells Fargo, if you make this a direct deposit uh, through, through Wells Fargo, uh, through Zell or Zelly, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, at isbhbk at gmail.com. If you'd like to send it through Zell or Zelly, or even through Cash App. And Cash App um, address is isbhbk uh, promotions. If I'm reading that right. Yes. Donations, I'm sorry. I've been reading it wrong this whole time. It's ISBHPK donations, all right, um, on Cash App. So please uh, help support our schools uh, from San Antonio to uh, to Houston, to Norfolk, to Rochester. Uh, your help, your, your, your donations, um, it helps out a lot. It goes a long way to help us get this truth out. Very much appreciated, all right, very much appreciated. Um, here in San Antonio um, as well, uh, we do have the EO Pure Therapy Event Center. We have the EO Pure Therapy Event Center, which, by the way, on this coming Sunday, May 21st, 2023, uh, will be hosting the wedding between Ariel Shalomar and his wife, Kalaya. Again, that's this Sunday, May 21st, 2023, at the EO Pure Therapy Event Center located here in San Antonio, Texas. The EO Pure Therapy Event Center is located in Rolling Oaks Mall at the Sears, the old Sears wing of the mall, uh, right in front, on the second floor, right in front of the radar control um, race car track that is set up at the mall on the, on the second floor, right in front of the old Sears wing of the, of, uh, of the mall. EO Pure Therapy Event Center is, is there to provide, not only do we have classes uh, every Sunday, Going over the the Pele Hebrew and the and the soldiers and the soldiers class every Sunday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. But to also host events like this year, uh, like the wedding of, of Ariel Shalamath and his wife Kalaya. The EO Pure Therapy Event Center is supported by the EO Pure Therapy um, a store, which is also located in Rolling Oaks Mall on the first floor directly diagonal from the H&M clothing store in the J.C. Penny wing of, of the mall, uh, you'll find EO Pure Therapy, where you can get the latest in all your skincare needs for men, women, and children, from handmade custom uh, bath bombs, bath salts, handmade custom soaps, um, uh, uh, hair oil, um, beard oil, CMOS, um, uh, CMOS gels, uh, incense, the burners, the whole nine. Everything to keep your skincare uh, at looking its greatest and its most healthiest, we invite you to please check out uh, EO Pure Therapy located on the first floor of the, of the mall 
directly diagonal from H&M Clothing Store at Rolling Oaks Mall. And, again, proceeds from there do help keep the, 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 the EO Pure Therapy Event Center up and running. And, again, your help and support is greatly needed and appreciated uh, to keep these endeavors and keep everything going. Um, uh, and also another reminder, uh, this coming Saturday we have Pentecost coming up. This coming Saturday is Pentecost. Um, so we invite you to please visit the schools. We invite you to please visit the schools here in San Antonio, in Houston, in Norfolk or Rochester, whichever one might be close to you. Enjoy the Sabbath, the regular Sabbath, and Pentecost. May, this Saturday, May 20th, 2023, is a double Sabbath in that it is the, uh, the day of Pentecost. All right? So please check out the schools. Uh, uh, come fellowship with us. Uh, it's much appreciated. Right? It's definitely much appreciated. Um, this is the part of the show where I like to announce uh, prayer requests. I like to announce uh, prayer requests uh, that, that we keep uh, uh, brothers, sisters, and families. Uh, pray for all Israel. Pray for all believers everywhere. But we want to uh, uh, just add some added prayers for, for some families and for some individuals that are going through some, uh, in, some specific um, health issues right now at this time. Uh, continue prayer and support going out to Thalmar Racha uh, and his wife, Wardaya, here in San Antonio. Um, that the Most High still uh, is strengthening their faith, strengthening their belief in the scriptures, and strengthening their spirit, uh, that they might be able to endure some of the infirmities that they're being struck with, but that the Most High might go ahead and finally recover them and heal them from some of the things, the crises that they're going through right now. So we ask that you please keep the brother Thalmar Racha and his wife, Wardaya, in your prayers as they're both going through some, some issues right now within their family, the, the both of them, that they might be, that the Most High will look out for them. Uh, continue prayers uh, uh, and the increasing recovery for the brother John Spann. Uh, increasing, in, um, he's, he's starting to recover, but he's not out of the woods yet. Continue prayers for the brother John Spann. Again, for everybody that's on the list here, the, the prayers that the Most High would strengthen their faith, strengthen their, strengthen their spirits, uh, strengthen their belief in the scriptures and belief in him, that all, all praise, all glory might go to the Most High in Christ uh, uh, for the things that they might be going through. All right? So, again, uh, continue prayers going up for the brother John Spann. Uh, continue prayers and, and, and uh, support going out to Miss Catherine, otherwise known as Ma Dukes or Cousin Pa's mother, for her continued recovery. Um, that, again, she is recovering but she's not out of the woods yet either. Um, she's still uh, facing uh, several surgeries, but we're going to pray that the Most High will continue to be with her, uh, strengthen her faith in the scriptures and him, and bring her through the things that she's going through at this time. Uh, I haven't mentioned in a minute, but just, you know, continue prayers going out for uh, Becky and Daryl. Um, uh, I'm hearing that Daryl is, is recovered from his, his latest bout of uh, health issues, but we just want to keep him in our prayers again. Just, um, that that the recovery has been full and complete, uh, and for Becky as well. Uh, continue prayers, uh, please, going out for the entire Lovett family. Those are my in-laws, uh, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, and all my nieces and nephews uh, from the entire Lovett family, that, um, that the Most High will strengthen their faith in the Scriptures, strengthen their faith in Him, um, keep their spirit strong, and recover them from many of the the ailments that they're being afflicted with at this time, um, all to the praise, power, and glory of the Most High. All right? Uh, 
Um, if we mention the, 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 the Lovett family, we got to mention the, the, the Coates family. Uh, continue prayers, please, going up for the entire Coates family as they are being um, stricken with many, many health issues, many plagues, um, many afflictions at this particular time. Continue prayers going up for the Coates family. That the most I will strengthen their faith, their resolve, and send them protection and healing at this particular time. Uh, continue prayers going up for Kazakia and his wife, um, Shawashana, um, that the most I will be with them and help them to, to keep their spirit strong and their faith strong as they're dealing with some health issues at this particular time, that they might be healed and be fully recovered from what they're going through at this, at this time. Again, that's the brother Kazakia and his wife, Shawashanah. Uh, continue prayers going up for the brother Tahal Mamrakha in Houston, um, who, who, who has been healed from diabetes, but the damages that, that remain from the, the diabetes is still causing many health issues with, with the brother. Um, continue prayers going up for him and uh, his family, that, that he might be fully recovered, keeping his spirit strong, um, his faith strong, and that he might be fully recovered from some of the health issues that he's going through right now. Um, strong brother, faithful brother. We, we definitely want to send up prayers for Thalman uh, Mayam there in Houston. Uh, we want to send up prayers for the brother Thalman uh, uh, here in San Antonio, also known uh, as West Beverly, who's, who's really being stricken with some, some uh, severe health issues at this particular time. Uh, we want to make sure that we, we keep in our prayers that he might be recovered um, uh, through some of the afflictions that he's being faced with at this time as well. Uh, from our sister here in San Antonio, sister, mother, sister, mother, uh, everybody's friend, everybody's auntie, uh, the sister Ayana, uh, the brother, the, the wife of the brother of one of the Iyer here in San Antonio, who is dealing with some severe health issues. But if you see the sister, she always has a smile on her face. She's always got an encouraging word. She's always cheerful. And you would not, you'd be surprised that she was facing some of the health issues that she's facing. So please put her in your prayers that the most I will continue to keep her face strong, keep her spirit strong, and, and finally go ahead and heal her uh, from the issues and the health issues and crises that she's going through at this particular time. Again, that's the sister Ayana, uh, the wife of the brother of Warner Iron. Uh, we have some special needs children that we're asking prayers to go up for. Um, uh, the sister Cece, who is the, the daughter of uh, the brother Tazapa and his wife Arakaya, uh, continue prayers going on for, for, for them and for Cece. That the most I will finally go ahead and, and finally re- uh, recover Cece from um, the special needs that she's going through. But in the meantime, keep her spirit strong. Keep Tazapa's spirit strong. Arakaya's spirit strong. Um, the whole the whole family spirit strong as they're really dealing with the dealing with a special needs child. Um, the um, uh, uh, the daughter of the brother Gabarkawa, Aisha Lee, uh, she's a special needs um, child as well. So we're asking that uh, prayers go out for Aisha Lee and for the things that she that she, that she is facing and she's dealing with. That the Most High will fully recover her from her special needs as well. And then continue prayers going up for uh, the daughter of Bonabad and Kwadashaya, um, Aliyah. Aliyah is a special needs baby, and it's funny if you meet Aliyah. She's so full of life, so full of energy. Um, <laughs> from my understanding, um, uh, she's been enrolled in gymnastics, and, and it's just a ball of energy. And you would not 
understand and know that she is a special needs baby as well. So continue prayers going up for uh, Bonabai and his wife, Father Shia, and their special needs daughter, Aliyah, um, that, that her spirit stays strong and that she might be fully recovered from the special needs that she's going through at this time as well. Um, still sing our prayers for the brother Tazapa, um, who who is going through some um, uh, some health issues right now. And again, if you meet the brother, you wouldn't know that he was really going through anything. Um, uh, he reminded me of Luke Cage uh, when you see him, or or uh, Falcon <laughs> from the Marvel comics. Um, he looks fit, but the brother's definitely going through some things right now. So we, we want to send up prayers, continue prayers for the brother Tazapa as he's facing uh, um, some health, personal health issues in his life right now, that the most I will be with him. Keep his spirit strong um, and then fully recover him from the things that he, that he might be going through. Again, giving all praise, glory, and honor to the most high in Christ, or Yahweh, Yahweh Shai. And then, again, continue prayers coming up for the brother Kadash Gabar, one of the original members of the Sport of Truth that was established back in 1991 here in San Antonio. Um, you can see him on Facebook. The brother is is a historian and I, um, a icon collector. Um, really goes into biblical history very, really, really thoroughly. Um, and he, he he'd ask um, just for some prayers. All right, that, that he's going through some things right now. So we're asking everybody, uh, please keep the brother Kordaskabar in your prayers uh, as he's facing uh, and dealing with some of the issues that he's dealing with. It is very much appreciated and very much needed. All right? Um, and then uh, not to forget the, uh, the brother Yanawathan up there in Albuquerque, uh, that, that, that uh, continued prayer is going on for him. The, the brother's charity is, is, is legendary, um, uh, and he's being plagued uh, with, with several issues and several things right now. We pray that the Most High will keep his spirit strong, keep his faith and belief in the Scripture strong, and that the Most High will guide him and bring him through some of the infirmities and some of the afflictions and persecutions that he's going through at this particular time, that his spirit stays strong uh, and his faith uh, and application of Scriptures remains. And then last but certainly not least, um, we send up, send up prayers for the sister uh, Anagashia, um, who has been diagnosed with some several um, uh, health issues and, 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 and crises. Uh, continued prayers going up for the sister Anagashia um, that she might be recovered and that her faith uh, is strengthened, her spirit is strengthened in the scriptures, in the spirit of the Most High, and that she might make, make a full recovery from some of the things that she's facing at this particular time as well. All right, brothers and sisters, that's it for who I have on my, my list of names for the prayer request. If you have anybody that you would like to have added to the prayer request that we can send out <clears throat> on our platform, that they might get some extra prayers, that, that the, the prayers of the righteous avails much. Um, we, we've seen this happen. We've seen the power of the Most High really come through. So if you have anybody that you'd like to add to, um, to, to our, our prayer request list, uh, please text me at area code 210 Seven eight four eight four six three. Again, please text me at area code seven eight four two one zero seven eight four eight four six three. Text me and just put PR for prayer request and the person's name, and I will go ahead and add their name to the list. All right. So with that, again, we did get started about thirty minutes late today, so I, uh, I do apologize for that. My, but I, there was some counseling going on. Uh, um, um, 
just just trying to you know handle some uh, some, some extra business. So we did get started with our class a little bit late today. Uh, so with that, what I'm going to do, brothers and sisters, is I'm going to take a, a, a quick, or maybe a quick uh, music intermission uh, at this at this time right now. Just a quick intermission. Uh, let me whip my, whip my whistle, um, and then we're going to come back. And we're going to continue on with the Christ the Passover. Believe it or not, we're at part 18. All right, the Christ the Passover. We are at part 18. So let me take this music uh, intermission, and then we'll get back and jump into this class. Here we go. Um, All right.
alright, alright, alright. You're gonna learn today. Alright, alright, alright. You're gonna learn today. <clears throat> alright, 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 alright. We are back, we're back, we're back. Thank you for the, for your patience. Um let's continue on with this class, all right? Let's continue let's continue on with this class, the Christ the Passover, uh part eighteen, all right. Um Again, we've been going over this this this, this series. That the, the fact that this series has 18 parts to me is right now is mind-boggling, uh, and really just in, going in, in in depth, really going into these scriptures, um, and looking at and considering Christ being the Passover, and what that really means. Um, there's a lot of symbolism in it. There's a lot, of, a lot of metaphors to it, but really just getting into it and even in examining the mind of Christ and what he went through, that from the on the night of, of the Last Supper, the night of the Passover, how he um, uh, he told everybody he, he was going to be betrayed. Uh, one second. Uh, let me check. I'm going to message him, make sure. All right. Sister Becky is telling me, I think there's something wrong with the website after you said you're taking some intermission. The music stopped, and I'm not able to get back into the website. Hmm. Let me check. hope I didn't erase this. Okay, one second, y'all. All right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. All right, all right. Um, ho- uh, hopefully these tentative difficulties uh, don't continue. Uh, I'm just going to text that. Some people said they can't hear, um, that the, the show just cut off. And I'm hoping that's not the case. Um, but on my end, on my computer, it's showing that everything is that we're up and running. Yeah, and this technology, yeah, we've definitely been having some phone problems. That's for sure. That's for sure. I guess they're trying to make everybody get the 5G phone now or, or what have you. All right, uh, but we're in, 18th, we're in part 18 of our, our, of our series in dealing with Christ the Passover and, uh, and, and understanding that the, uh, the Last Supper that Christ uh, ate with his disciples, that that was actually the Passover meal and that there was a lot of symbolism uh, involved with that. Um, and what we've been taking a, a look in, at is uh, Christ knowing that he was going to be betrayed. Uh, Christ knew he was going to be killed. Christ knowing that he was going to be abandoned. Christ knowing that he was going to be slandered against, lied upon. He knew that he was going to have to face the most ultimate of disrespect, uh, all without complaining, all without, all without, all without um, uh, giving in to the temptation to take matters to his own hands, um, all, all without... Um,
fine. Just, 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 just communicating with the sister here. All right. That, that for again for for Christ to go through all he was going through and not take things personal. Um, for 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 everything that was being said about him. Um, again the 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 spitting in the face, the the having his beard ripped off. Um, all by Israelites, all by the people that he's been healing uh, for that three years of his ministry, um, being riled up by the chief priests uh, to where it, the the Romans um, um, governor Pilate uh, was even saying, "I find no, I find no fault in this man. I don't find anything wrong." And the urgency and 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 the 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 the, the urgency that the chief priests, the elders. Um, stood up and stirring the people up of Jerusalem to condemn Christ, to crucify him. And then, you know, for him to go through the, the trials and tortures that he went through, not only from the hands of, of, of the Israelite soldiers, um, but then from the Roman soldiers, to be being crucified on the cross and the disrespect he had to face on the cross. And, and all these were temptations for him to take matters personal. For him to take things into his own hands and to react, and we we've really been going through that study, and um, is leading us now to dealing with um, in the series we, we've covered the whole thing about Christ even up until his death. We've covered that, um, and now I just want I want I want to touch in or go into the part about Christ uh, being washed in the blood of the Lamb, right? Um, what that means, that it's, it's a term that if you, you come from a church background, it's something that you hear a lot, but it is something that we really truly understand, what it means to be washed in the blood of the Lamb, um, and understanding that Christ is uh, the Lamb of God. But what does that mean? And with being washed in the blood of the Lamb, was that something that only started with Christ, all right? Or, or um, was there a ritual or, or, or a ceremony? That that the Israelites that we had in our law, where somebody you had to be washed in the blood of a lamb. Um, again, if we go back and we remember that for on that Pass the original Passover night, the Israelites had to take the blood of the lamb uh, that was slain for the Passover meal on the original Passover night while they were in Egypt, and they had to take a, a, a branch of hyssop, dip it in the lamb's blood. And they had to put that blood on the post of their house, on the side post of the house, and the, the top, the, the the door, top of the door of the house. And that if the, when the death angel uh, came into Egypt to kill the firstborn, when he looked upon the Israelite's house and saw the blood on the door, he passed over the Israelite's house and went and slew the firstborn of everybody else remaining in the kingdom of the empire of the Egyptians uh, between man and beast. Um, hence the the name of the of the, of the holiday for the, the Israelites, the Passover, that the death angel passed over the Israelites and slew all the firstborn of everybody else that was within the empire of the Egyptians. Um, that that Passover lamb, the lamb, all that has, had symbology. It was symbolic. So, in dealing with this topic about being washed in the blood of the lamb. I want to go first to Jeremiah chapter 4. I'd like to go first to Jeremiah chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 14. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 4, and I'm going to read verse 14. And it says, O Jerusalem, wash thy heart from wickedness, that thou mayest be saved. 
How long shall thy vain thoughts lodge within me? So we know this obviously during the time of, of the prophet Jeremiah. And the Israelites, by this time, the, 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 the kingdom had been split uh, into two nations, into two kingdoms, the, the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of, of Judah. We had been split in many civil wars. There's been many times we've been in captivity, um, uh, been oppressed within our own land, and it, it just gets to the point where the most of kicked out the southern kingdom during the Assyrian uh, Empire and dispersed them throughout uh, uh, Asia, Europe, and the bulk of the Israelites being uh, scattered and brought over to the Americas um, and become the so-called natives or, or um, first peoples of the Americas, being Israelites when we were kicked out of the promised land, coming to, to the Americas, and again, and throughout Europe and Asia, um, uh, leaving the southern kingdom of Judah, the Jews, um, that we were still disobedient. We were still, in our own imagination, following what we felt was right, in our pride, in our arrogance, in, in our, um, our unbelief of God's word, and in our greediness, in our selfishness. We were still there. So here we have Jeremiah admonishing us in the name of the Most High in Christ, telling us, again, in Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 14, O Jerusalem, wash thine heart. And we know when it's talking about the heart, it's talking about the mind. Wash thy heart or thy mind from wickedness, that thou mayest be saved. How long shall vain thoughts lodge within thee? Now, I want to get into this a little bit also. When it says, wash thine heart from wickedness, what does God say wickedness is? I know we have our own definitions and ideas about wickedness and what we think is wicked. But we, uh, even to a point where some people think wicked is good. Oh, man, that's wicked. Um, but what is God's understanding or God's perspective on wickedness? I want to go real quick to Psalm chapter 10, verse 4, that the Israelites are being admonished, being, being, being urged um, to, wash, to, to wash our thoughts, from, to wash ourselves from wickedness. How long shall vain thoughts lodge within us? And this admonishing was coming while, we, while the southern kingdom was still in the land of Israel before anybody got kicked out. Uh, actually, the Israelites, the, the northern kingdom got kicked out, and the Israelites were still there this, uh, 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 during the Babylonian captivity. So when we go to Psalms chapter 10, verse 4, brothers and sisters, when we go to Psalms chapter 10, verse 4, what makes a person wicked, or what is wicked? Uh, that Jeremiah said, how long shall vain thoughts lodge within thee? When we read Psalms chapter 10, verse 4, this is what David told us. It says, the wicked through the pride of his continence, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. So a person is wicked when God is not in all our thoughts. Um, and through the pride of our continence, we're not going to seek after God. We're going to, we're going to do what we think is right. We're going, to, we're going to go by our own feelings, our own instinct, our own superstitions. We're going to go by our own traditions. We're going to go by our own sense of justice. We're going to go by our own sense of right and wrong. And what we don't realize is when we get to that point and we're not thinking about how God looks at things, we're not considering God's perspective, we're only going by how we feel, what we think, what we see, what we perceive. And we're not thinking about what God wants. We're not thinking about what God arranged. God is not in all our thoughts at all. 
we're just operating as, as mindless brute beasts going by instinct, going by how I feel, going by, going by what I know, not considering what, does God, what choice would God want me to make. Because God gave us free choice. All right? God gave us free choice. He gave humans free choice of what choices we're going to make. And many times when we make our choices, the, God is not in our thoughts. How God does things, how God wants things done, God is not in our thoughts. The only thing that prevails in our thoughts is our pride, how we feel, what, how we see it, our own opinion, how, 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 how um, whatever is stood up in, in ourselves, that that's the only thing that, that will ride a person like an animal, like a true brute beast. Like a savage, you're only going by your instinct and your feelings. At no time is there a thought about, well, what choice would God want me to make? Many times, our, it, it's a choice. Our choices, we make them based on our own convenience, our own comfort, our, um, uh, our own sense of righteousness, our own sense of, of, of good and evil. And God, how he put things together, how he wants things done, what his will is, is never considered. And then we're trying to assign that our own feelings, well, God must give me these feelings, so that, that, must, that must be of God. So when, when two people are homosexuals, God gave me this feeling? No, God didn't give you that feeling. God said be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So how is two same-sex individuals going to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth? That's not God's will. That's the decision or choice that those two homosexuals uh, made. Um, just, just to give you an example, um, it's not about how we feel. Um, when a person commits adultery, um, well, me and we're both consenting adults, and we just had these feelings come up over us, and we realized we couldn't deny them, and that really we are long, long lost, star-crossed lovers, and we just couldn't help ourselves. So And God must have wanted that to happen because she's my everything or he's my everything. No, God said don't commit adultery. God gave us a choice. You can go with your feelings or you cannot commit adultery. He gave, we have the choice of which way we're going to follow. That is, is not, we're not, he didn't make us this mindless robot um, that where we don't have to think, where we don't have to consider, where we don't have to, have to, 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 to stop and be patient. We just want to operate on how we feel, what we think, and just go 100, 100 miles per hour full speed ahead. And it's in that process, that thought process, that's what makes a person wicked. That's what makes a person wicked. That they're only going by what they feel, their own imagination. Remember, brothers and sisters, that was uh, 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 Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, as I pull that up real quick. We're going to Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. Why did God have to bring the flood on the earth? Well, Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And again, what makes a man wicked, a person wicked? God ain't in all his thoughts. And re- reading on, uh, in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Uh, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That we've been on, on, on this mission before the flood came of whatever comes to your mind, just do it. You only live once. Um, uh, obey your thirst. 
um, I'm loving it. Uh, it, 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 it. You are in control of your own destiny. You're in control of you. Don't let nobody set limits on you. Um, think outside the box. Um, uh, uh, again, that whole concept of seize the day. Uh, do what you like. Do, do, do what you want. Do what you like. That, that mentality was so prevalent before the flood. Again, we know from Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9, it says that there's nothing new under the sun. Christ told us in Matthew 24 that like as in the days of Noah, so shall it be before the, uh, the coming of the Son of Man be, that everybody's going to just be doing what they feel is right, and that God is not going to be in all our thoughts. That was the reason for the flood in the first place. And that's why the reason for the coming Armageddon or destruction that's going to be taking place here presently is going to happen because everybody is, is being influenced to just do what you like. The only law is that there is no law, that, you can, that, that, that there's no holds barred. You can do what you want, how you want, when you want, because it feels right to you. So pedophilia, don't worry about it. It feels right to you. If you feel like you're really in love, you're, 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 you're a 50-year-old man, and you really have a, a love connection with a six-year-old, that's not on a grandfather level. That's not on a, on a, on a, on a, uh, a, grand, a great-uncle level. But somehow that you and this six-year-old child have a connection because you feel that way, regardless of how the child feels, because this 50-, 60-year-old man has this feeling, you're allowed to go for it. You're allowed to go ahead and partake in it because you, that's what you feel. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. What is your, and, and, and we go to many therapists and we go to many advisors, and, and what's the question I always ask? What does your heart tell you? What does your heart tell you? Follow your heart. Again, if we just did a little bit of reading, what brought the flood in the first place to where of the millions and billions of people that were on the planet already, it got reduced down to eight? Genesis chapter 6 verse 5 tells us, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Then it became a chief thing about how do you feel? What do you feel? Go with how you feel. What's in your heart? What's your heart telling you? And we've assigned that to God. That the thoughts that I come, that, that, that I experience, the things that I feel, the things that that that, that I expose myself to, that must be of God, and I'm gonna go with it. This is why we, we, we're getting the, the admonition, uh, the warning in Jeremiah chapter four verse fourteen, where it says, "Oh, again, going to Jeremiah chapter four verse fourteen, O Jerusalem, wash thine heart from wickedness." that thou mayest be saved, how long shall thy vain thoughts lodge within thee? How long are we going to keep following our own hearts? When are we going to wash our minds, wash our heart? Because remember, Jeremiah also came and told us in Jeremiah 17 and 5 that the heart is desperately wicked. Desperately wicked. And, And Proverbs, I believe that's 28. Let me find that one real quick. When it comes to this thing about following your heart,
Right. When we read Proverbs, when we do read uh, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26, it does say, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whosoever walketh wisely, he shall be saved. So there's too many references in, in the Bible that when you just follow your own thoughts, your own feelings, um, how you feel, what your heart is telling you, that that's wicked, that's wrong, that's off. But the modern thought process in, in, in society today is follow your heart. Go with your feelings. What seems right to you? Then go for it. Don't let nothing or nobody hold you back from what you feel in your heart. You have to trust what your heart is telling you. But when we read the Bible, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 26 does tell us, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. So this is why the Mosai is, 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 is imploring the Israelites here in, 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 during the time of the Babylon captivity under, from the prophet Jeremiah, going back to Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 14, O Jerusalem, wash thine heart from wickedness, that thou mayest be saved. How long shall thy vain thoughts lodge within thee? All right? When we go to um, uh, some, some cross-reference scriptures to go with this is Isaiah chapter 1, verses 16 through 19. I want to pull that up. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 16 through 19. Let me pull that here bro, on my screen. Again, um, O Jerusalem, watch that heart from wickedness. That thou mayest be be saved, how long shall thy vain thoughts um, lodge within thee? Uh, brothers, let's go to Isaiah chapter one. All right, let's go to Isaiah chapter one, and we're going to read verses um, sixteen through nineteen. Isaiah chapter one, verses sixteen through nineteen, and th- this is is the Lord again speaking to the Israelites. All right, this is the Lord again. Speaking to the Israelites. So, do I want to start here? Um, yeah, we'll start at 16. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 16 through 19 now. Uh, and this one it says, Wash you, make you clean. But what is it that we're supposed to be washing, brothers and sisters? Our hearts, our minds. Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. We can't keep going by what we feel. In, in this society, in this fast food society, where, where uh, impatience is encouraged, don't be patient. Um, from, you got to get a faster phone, a, a faster computer, a, um, um, fast food delivery, that everything's got to be done faster, 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 faster. Don't be patient. Uh, to be patient is irritating. It's annoying. It, 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 um, it hurts in, 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 in this modern society that we're living in today. But these are some of the same things being experienced back in Israel. Right? Don't be patient. Go, get yours now. It's my money. I want it now. Get yours now. So, again, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 16. 
verse 16 tells us, wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes, cease to do evil, verse 17, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, um, Leave, um, plead for the widow. Verse 18, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they should be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Verse 19, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. So he's telling us it's time to wash ourselves, wash our minds, wash our hearts, wash our thoughts, all right? Learn to do well. Seek the most high's judgment. What's the most high? When it says judgment, that ain't talking about a punishment. What's the most high's opinion? How is he judging things? Does he think that this action is wicked? Does he think that this thing is wrong? We have to learn God's judgment. What is his opinion on, on everything? We know how we feel about a certain situation, but how does God feel about a situation? Something that we really might enjoy, God might say it is an abomination. God, his judgment of the matter is, he finds it something that makes him vomit. But in our minds, in our judgment, our opinions, that it, it's such a good feeling, it tastes so good, and um, um, it, 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 it seems innocent, but God's judgment might be, it's completely wrong. Are we seeking God's judgment or opinion, or is everything still based on what our comfort, our convenience, our own wisdom, and our own thoughts about a matter? So it says learn to do well. If you can learn something, you got to be taught. Learn to do well. Learn to do just like remember, brothers and sisters, and, and look at some of the the the, the the, the words being used here in, in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17, it says, learn to do well. Remember what, what the Most High told Cain in the garden, in, in, uh, in the beginning? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And even in that mercy, didn't the Most High provide Cain? An example of somebody to go to, to learn how to do the right thing, how to do well? Was that not his brother Abel? Yes. But what did Cain do? He slaughtered. Cain executed the very thing that was going to help him get close to the Most High. The very thing that was going to help him be accepted by the Most High. And Cain's pride, he killed Abel the one that was going to teach him how to do well to be accepted in the eyes of the Father. Coming back to Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. If there's somebody, when it says relieve the oppressed, if there's somebody I'm, I have a grudge against, somebody I have issue with, it says relieve them. That I've got, I've sworn to myself that I'll never give them another chance. 
I've sworn to myself I'm never going to ever, uh, we will never breathe the same air. And I, I'm, I'm going to hold that because they've been this way and been that way. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. If there's somebody who, who hasn't been defended, but you know what it takes to see somebody who's fatherless? Not just the orphan, that, that like some little orphan Annie uh, type thing or the, the My Little Rascals type of thing. The father is somebody who's not protected. Somebody who needs protection. Am I judging the fatherless? Or am I so caught up into what I have going on that I'm not thinking about nobody else but myself? And remember, from James, we, 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 we got the teaching from James. Pure religion and undefiled before God is this. Let me get that real quick since, since I, I, I quoted it. James chapter 1 verse 27. James chapter 1 verse 27 tells us pure religion and undefiled before God uh, and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. If we want to be pure about what we're doing with the Most High, if we recognize as pure, What's the Father saying? What, what did James tell us here? That pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction. Um, I so caught up what I have going on, I'm not even aware that other people are hurting. I'm, even, I'm, even, I'm not even aware that other people need some protection. They need some help. I'm only caught up in what I got going on. Brothers and sisters, this is what... The, my forefathers, this is what the Israelites, this was the mentality that they had that got them kicked out the promised land in the first place. It wasn't about judging the fatherless, relieving the oppressed. It wasn't about seeing God's judgment. It was about how I feel, and if I'm going to hold a grudge against somebody, that means and I'm so selfish, I will steal from others. I will commit adultery. I will covet. I will be envious. I'll murder. I'm not going to honor my father and mother somebody telling me no. I'm not going to respect anybody's authority. I'm just going to do it for me. And this is what the most I is trying to, was trying to warn the Israelites about before it got to the point where we finally got kicked up out the promised land in uh, 70 AD. So coming back to Isaiah chapter 1 verse 17, he says, learn to do well. Seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. If we do these things, the, the Messiah is telling us this, verse 18, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Again, and I, I know the, the concept about being the, washed in the blood of the Lamb, about being washed. That there the, are the certain things got to be washed, and if we do these type of things, we will be washed. And I'm, 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 I'm going to jump ahead of myself. We have to develop a conscience. In order to be, be able to seek the most high judgment, in order to relieve the oppressed, in order to judge the fatherless and to plead for the widow, 
a person would have to have a conscience. They would have to be thinking about others. You know, like 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 uh, Paul w- was warning us to esteem others better than, us, than myself. That this was the mind of Christ. We, we, we're going to have to get to this point again. Verse eighteen, Isaiah chapter one, verse eighteen. Come now, and let us reason together. Saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as, be, uh, as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. We're gonna, this, this is how we wash ourselves from these sins. Uh, this is what we need to do in washing ourselves, and what, we, what is it we need to wash? All right, verse uh, 19. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. All right, that, that this, this is what the Most High had been telling the Israelites. Wash yourself, wash your thoughts, wash your heart from these type of things. Stop being so selfish. Esteem others. Think about others first. You know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Stop being so greedy. Stop being so selfish. Have some empathy. Develop a con- Get a conscience where it's not all about you. All right? Where it's not all about you. That leads us right now, brothers and sisters, to let's go to St. John chapter 1, verse 29. That leads us to St. John chapter 1, verse 29. And let me pull this up also. St. John chapter 1, verse 29. And it reads, the next day, John seeth Yahweh Jesus, coming unto him, and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. <clears throat> and Christ being the Passover. Christ being tempted uh, to take things personal. Christ being tempted to take matters in his own hands. That, no, he did not want to go through... Um, the crucifixion and the temptation to take matters in his own hands, to stop what he was going through, to stop the discomfort, the pain, the disrespect, the um, the infamy, the lies, the slander, um, and actually and then his, his his murder, his being put to death. That he, he still said with his last breath, "Father, forgive them. They don't they don't know what they're doing. I thirst." It's finished. I did it. That we're supposed to consider, again, in Christ being the Lamb of God, that he, and he's going to take away the sins of the world. We had to, there, There's a little bit more to it than in, he just died on the cross, and now all my sins are forgiven. That means I, I can commit more sins because all my sins are forgiven. There's a lot more to it than that, brothers and sisters. There's a lot more to it than that. All right? Why is he referred to or referenced as the Lamb of God? What is God's particular relationship with lambs and with sheep? That when John the Baptist saw Christ, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. 
and that he is going to take away the sins of the world. Uh, we're going, I want to get into this, this thing about what it means to take away the sins of the world, to take away our sins. A lot of people would just read just this verse and think that now the law has been done away with, that there is no more sin, that, yeah, we're allowed to do whatever we want to do because Christ died for our sins. That's the teaching of the, of the church. Yeah, because Christ died for our sins. Now, I'm free to do what I want to do and pursue what I want to pursue because God knew that nobody could keep all the law. God knew nobody is perfect. So we sent Christ down to die for us so that we can go ahead and now do what we want to do without God being mad. We can now do what we want to do, act the way we want to act, because Jesus died for my sins. He took away, the, took away my sins, so I, I'm free to act and do and, and, and be whatever, whoever I want to be. Because Christ gave me liberty. Well, let's examine some of these concepts. Let's let's examine some of these concepts through a biblical lens. All right? Um, where am I at here? So I'm going to go to the John Gill commentary. I'm going to go to the John Gill commentary uh, for St. John chapter 1, verse 29. I'm reading from the John Gill commentary. Uh for St. John chapter 1, verse 29. And I'm going to jump to the first part of the commentary and go, come down to the, like the second part, uh, where the scripture says, And saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. I'm going to start there um, as, as we're dealing with this. That wh- Why was this so significant? Why, why did John the Baptist have to say this? All right? So going into the John Gill commentary, we're going to read what John Gill says. He says, he calls him a lamb, either with respect to any lamb in common, uh, for his harmlessness and innocence. I really wanted this to stick out. And this is me speaking, not not the commentary. He says, um, he calls him a lamb, either in respect to any lamb in common, for his harmlessness and innocence, for his meekness and humility, for his patience and for his usefulness, both for food and clothing in a spiritual sense. Understand, why did John the Baptist call Christ the lamb? Well, what's a lamb known for? A lamb is known for being harmless. A lamb is known for its innocence. A lamb is known for his meekness. A lamb is known for its humility. A lamb is known for his patience. These are are the characteristics about a lamb. So to look at when when John the Baptist saw Christ, and according to the the, the timeline or the chronology, that this was John the Baptist's second time seeing Christ. The first time he saw Christ was when he baptized him. And uh, from baptizing him, that's when Christ left there at the River Jordan and went immediately into the wilderness and was uh, tempted those 40 days and 40 nights. So upon completing the, the temptation for that 40 days and 40 nights, um, Christ came back and this John sees him and is telling everybody, remember all Jerusalem came out, all Judea came out to be baptized of John. All the Israelites came to be baptized of John. So it's a crowd of people there. It's a lot of people there, a multitude of people there. They're seeing Christ. Uh, they see Christ. John looks up, sees Christ, and says, "Behold, the Lamb of God." All right. 
And again, what's a lamb known for? His harmlessness, innocence, meekness, humility, patience. And in, in, in reference, we're going to see that Christ didn't take things personal. The only thing Christ took personal is when they disrespected the temple and was and it was just made the temple a money changer. Was making it about money and gambling and making more, more and more money. And that's when he made the the the, the, the whip a a, a, a a scourge of whip, started beating hell out of everybody and turning over the tables. But as far as anything personal that was said about Christ, anything personal that was said or thought or or any action against Christ. Christ never took any of that personal, like a lamb does. Being harmless, innocent, meek, and humble, and patient. All right? I'm going to read on with the commentary. I'm going to read on with the commentary. It says, um, as well as for being, uh, for his being, to be a sacrifice for the sins of his people. That John looked and saw, yes, for these characteristics, and that, yes, Christ is going to be the sacrifice for the sins of his people. Or else, with respect to the lambs that were offered in sacrifice under the legal uh, dispensation, that Christ encompassed all these things, all these these different um, um, attributes. This way he encompassed that... uh, that he was going to be a sacrifice for the sins of his people or with respect to the lambs that were offered in sacrifice under the legal dispensation, going all the way back to the days of Moses when lambs were used as part of the sin offering, the trespass offering, when lambs had to be used, all right? That this is, this is what Christ is going to embody. Reading on, he says, and that either uh, to the Passover lamb or rather to the lambs of the daily sacrifice, that were offered uh, morning and evening. When we go back and read the law that was given to the Israelites, that every day, twice a day, the Israelites were required to bring an offering to the Most High. And this offering was two sheep, two lambs of a year old. We're going to get into this. We're going to get into this. That this was the, the obligation that the Israelites had to fulfill every day. Twice a day, we would have to bring a lamb of the first year without blemish and bring that to the Most High. Um, and we're going to get into that. We're going to get into this of, of why was this done? Was it just because well, God had a thing against sheep? God had a thing against lamb? What, why was that done? Let's keep reading. It says, uh, since the account of, of them uh, best agrees with what is said of this Lamb of God, which was slain in tight in the morning of the, wor- in the, morning of the world, and from the foundation of the world, and actually in the evening of the world, or in the end of it, and who has a continued virtue to take away the sins of his, his people from the beginning to the end of the world, and their sins, both uh, of the day and night, of which are committed every day. For as they are uh, daily committed, there is no need of the daily avocation of the blood and sacrifice of Christ to remove them, uh, or of a continual uh, looking unto him by faith. One of the reasons the Most High gave the Israelites 
that we had to sacrifice a lamb in the morning and also sacrifice a lamb or a sheep in the evening. Was if anything was done, any sin was committed at night after after we gave the the the, the evening sacrifice, then the daily sacrifice was there for to offer up an offering for anything that might have been done that night. Then the the evening or sac, the, the evening or afternoon sacrifice was offered in case you did something wrong in the afternoon. In case we the Israelites did something wrong. And to give thanks to the Most High for all that He's been been providing for us, we had to offer up a, the, these lambs, these innocent, harmless lambs, these patient lambs, these humble lambs. We had to offer these things in remembrance of the Most High. All right, this there's some content to it. All right. Um, it says uh, that the that the morning daily sacrifice uh, made atonement for the iniquities done in the night, and the evening sacrifice made atonement for the iniquities that were by day. I, I explained that, and that's that's what uh, John Gill just just gave us in his commentary. From there, brothers and sisters, if, we, if we're going to look at and see what, how Christ was compared to being the Lamb, um, let's go to Hebrews chapter nine, verse eleven through fourteen. Let's go to Hebrews chapter nine, verses eleven through fourteen. Um, again, what did the lamb represent to the Israelites? What did the lamb represent to God? Again, characteristics known for its patience, its harmlessness, its humility. Um, what were the other words here? Um, uh, harmlessness, innocence, meekness, humility, patience. That these are the things that uh, some of the characteristics of a lamb, and that this was also recognized in Christ. That Christ had to take on these same characteristics. Christ can, cannot take any of, of, of the things that were said about him or what was going to happen. He cannot take it personal. So when we go to Hebrews chapter nine verse eleven, I mean the book of Hebrews chapter nine, I'm starting at verse eleven. And it says, "But Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater." And more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. We read through that, that yes, Christ did shed his blood. That's the only reason I want to read those, those scriptures. Christ shed his blood. Now, verse 13 For if the blood of bulls and of goats, and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, signifieth to the purifying of the flesh. And we go back through the law that all these things um, did clean our flesh if we were unclean. So when we would sacrifice the bulls, when we would sacrifice the goats, and we would take their blood, um, when there was a red heifer, that we had what was called the water separation, that like what, what, what in the Catholic Church they call holy water, we basically had what was called holy water where we had the ashes of a, uh, um, of a red heifer was born. That red heifer would be slain, and that red heifer would, would be um, uh, cooked to ashes. And then those ashes would be spread abroad in, in, in water, and that water became the water of separation. And that's what would be used, that we had to clean ourselves 
before we came into the temple, um, if we were unclean by, by a dead body, if we were being cleansed from, from a, a leprosy, that we had to have the, the, that water that had the ashes from that red heifer uh, uh, applied to it, and then now we would wa- literally wash ourselves. But that would only wash the flesh. That wouldn't wash our minds. All right? That wouldn't clean our minds up, but that would clean our flesh and, and our clothes or what have you. So it says, for if the blood, verse 13, for if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean signifieth to the purifying of the flesh. Yeah, that did clean the flesh. All right, verse 14. And it's the key we want to get to, verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offer himself without spot to the most high, like the lambs were offered, uh, it says, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. That for, for as long as the Israelites had, we've been sacrificing lambs and goats and, and, and rams and bullocks and turtle doves. And we'd go through that process. Yes, that would, and we, we'd be cleansed on the outside. We would cleanse our flesh. What would not be cleansed, what would not be purified, what would not be purged, is our conscience. That what was supposed to happen, that when we sinned, and now we had to kill a lamb, and what's the lamb known for? Being being harmless, being innocent, defenseless, patient, um, humble, meek, again, innocent. And remember, it would be a lamb of the first year. These were young lambs, innocent lambs of just a year old. So you can imagine how, how, how being that, that, that young and how innocent it was that now this animal, this defenseless animal, this innocent animal now had to perish. This innocent animal now had to shed its blood and die for us. That was supposed to affect our, our conscience. That because of the choices we make, this innocent, harmless, humble, meek animal had to die because of the choices we make. And that didn't mark our conscience. Our sins and our choices did not affect our conscience when we had to see an innocent lamb of a year old slaughtered because of what we did. When we had to see a, 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 a giant bull, giant ox slaughtered because of what we were doing, because of the choices that we made. When the, the, the neck of a turtle dove was, was wrenched, and it had to die because of the choices we made, that was supposed to give us a conscience about our choices, but that did not give us a conscience. The fact that so many innocent animals had to die because of our choices did not give the Israelites a conscience. Let me stop making the choices that I'm making because look at how many innocent animals. Come on, a lamb? A ram, a goat of the first year? 
Come on, y'all. A, a turtle dove. A dove. A turtle dove. A dove. Has to die and be offered and shed his blood? That was supposed to clean our conscience. When I say clean our conscience, meaning that was supposed to wash our thoughts from going against God. Those actions were supposed to wash my mind from wanting to do those things and make me think about God. And realizing that when I did what I did, it wasn't thinking about God, his laws, his statutes, his commandments, that we were in the midst of our lust, of our thoughts, of, of our imagination, um, of what seemed good to us, what seemed okay to us, what didn't seem so bad to us. We were deep in the middle of those type of thoughts. And that because of those choices and actions that we made, all the way from, from the time of Moses forward to Christ, that had been the mentality of the Israelites. If I kill if I kill the goat, if I kill the ram, I kill the ox, I kill the turtle dove, I'm good. I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. I'm not gonna get a conscience or, or think about innocent animals have to die because of my choices. Come on, a one year old lamb had to be taken from his mother and slaughtered a year old because of my choices. And then that was done twice a day. That was being done twice a day because of our choices. That was supposed to make us clean our minds. Like, you know what? I'm not going to make that choice no more. I don't want all these animals to keep dying. And knowing that among the Israelites, that our wealth was determined by how many herds we had. That if I keep sinning, I'm spending up my inheritance. If I keep making the choices I'm making, I'm not going to have anything. That was supposed to get into our conscience to stop making the choices that we're making. But from the slot of all those animals that took place from the time of, of Moses, However, to Christ getting on the cross, it never got into our conscience. That was the problem. It never got into our conscience. That's why Christ had to die. An innocent man now had to die. That's why he is called the Lamb of God. Being innocent. Being innocent. Harmless. He didn't, he didn't, when he was on the cross, he didn't threaten nobody. When they were attacking him, beating him, brutalizing him, our people, our soldiers, he didn't say a word. When he was being spit on, physically abused, he didn't say one word. He didn't threaten that one time. giving us an example to follow in his steps. That again, with the slaughter of a, now an innocent man, that was supposed to touch our conscience.
I pray that edification and some understanding is coming out with what we're going over. Again, um, uh, Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 13 again. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctify to the purifying of the flesh, verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered, offered himself without spot to the Most High, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. That the death of Christ and why he was called the Lamb, being innocent, being, being sinless, being harmless, being meek, being patient, enduring what he endured, that was supposed to purge our conscience from dead works, from doing the works that bring death, which is sin, from following our own imaginations, from following our own minds, following my own sense of justice, my own sense of right and wrong. That was supposed to clean my mind from all that and look to God's judgment, look to God's sense of righteousness, God's idea of, of, of right and wrong. That now, hold up, this man died for me now. Not, not 10,000 sheep, not 8,000 bullocks, not 20,000 turtle doves. This innocent man now died for me because of the choices I make. That's supposed to purge or cleanse our conscience, not, not make me feel absolved, like, yeah, I'm okay. I can keep doing what I want to do now. Oh, good. Glad, glad Christ died. Man, I was starting to feel guilty a little bit about what I was doing, but now that he died, oh, man. I got carte blanche. I'm going to seize the day. I really am I really am now going to obey my thirst. I'm now going to do what I like. I'm now going to have it my way. Because Christ died and, 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 and uh, he died for my sins. What we're not getting the understanding of is why did the lambs and, 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 and animal sacrifices, why were they given? That was supposed to give us a conscience from the very beginning. Why the most I gave the animal sacrifices to give us a conscience. Something innocent had to die because of our choices. Hence, the animal sacrifices. Now that Christ offered himself blameless, without blemish, innocent, meek. Now that he died. And the way he died, that's supposed to give us a conscience to stop liking and stop choosing what we like, what we feel, our sense of justice, our sense of convenience, our sense of comfort. That's, that's supposed to purge that. That's supposed to clean up those thoughts of being selfish, being prideful, where how I see it, is above how anybody else sees it. I march to the beat of my own drum. Brothers and sisters, let's get a little bit more into this, if we, if we might. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 14, only verses 13 through and 14. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. And what we're dealing with here, brothers and sisters, is... The laws for the cleansing of lepers. 
All right, I'm not going to go on to the leprosy, whatever. I want to get to the part where it talks about the cleansing, all right? The cleansing. I'm not, I'm not focused on it this time, any of the other parts that are, that are involved with this, what it means to be a leper. I'm not even going there. Right now I want to get about the cleansing part as, as it relates to us dealing with the lamb of God, being washed in the blood of the lamb. That's what I want to focus on right now. So, again, when we get Leviticus chapter 14, verses 13 through 14, Leviticus chapter 14, verses 13 through 14, it says, uh, And he shall slay the lamb in the place where he shall kill the sin offering and the burnt offering in the holy place. For as the sin offering is the priest, for as the sin offering is the priest, so is the trespass offering. It is most holy. And a priest shall take some of the blood. This is the part I want to get to about the lamb being killed, where it was going to be killed, but now what, what's going to be done with the blood of this lamb? All right? What would a leopard do with the blood of the lamb? Again, we're in Leviticus chapter 14, verse 14. I want to focus on what's to be done with the blood of an actual lamb. All right? Verse 14. And the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering, and the priest shall put it upon the of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot. All right. So when, when a lamb was when we when we were being cleansed, particularly not from leprosy, when you was being cleansed from something bad, leprosy was bad. To where if you had leprosy, you had to be exiled away from the camp. You, you was quarantined. I mean, you had to go live. Outside the, by yourself, not within the walls of the camp. You had to get out the city. You had to be. You was out in the wilderness. God was that pissed at you. You had to be cut off among your people. That your, whatever it is you're doing, that that doesn't become contagious to anybody else you're around. You got to go. Right now to be cleansed from that, this person would have to take kill have this lamb killed, and then. Part of the blood of this lamb will be put on the tip of the right ear, um, upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot. All right? I'm going to go back now to the John Gill Bible commentary to get some commentary and some history and some references about what what was this symbolic of? Why, why was this done? That if you were cleansed, you had to take the blood and a priest had to put the blood on your the tip of your ear, your right thumb, and the your right uh, uh, the big toe of your right foot. All right, going back to the John Gill Bible Commentary on Leviticus chapter fourteen, verse fourteen. On Leviticus chapter fourteen, verse fourteen, and it says, "And the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering." That's what the scripture says. Now let's get the commentary. I'm gonna read the commentary now. It says, "According to the Mishnah." Two priests receive the blood of it, one in a vessel and the other in his hand. So when we kill an animal, there would be two priests there. One priest would collect the blood in, in, um, in a vessel, and the other priest uh, would collect it in his hand. He that received it in a vessel went and sprinkled it upon the wall or top as Maimonides of the altar, that one priest would take the blood from this this animal that was, that was just killed and had to sprinkle some of the blood on the altar, all right? Uh, and he that received it in his hand 
went uh, went to the leper, and the leper, having dipped himself in the chamber of the lepers, went and stood in the gate of Nicanor. All right, reading on. We won't get to it. We won't get to what all this means. I won't go into all these particulars. Reading on now with the scripture, and it says, and the priest shall put it upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the the great toe of his right foot. I will read on with the commentary now. It says, as was done at the consecration of the high priest. So not only did lepers had to go through this, that when a, a new high priest came into office, he had to go through the same process of having the blood on his right ear, his right thumb, and the big toe of his right foot. All right? This, this was the process that had to happen. You had to get this lamb's blood on you, your right ear, your right thumb, and the, right, the big toe of your right foot. It says, now, as the leper stood there, stood at the door of the tabernacle uh, without the court, he was obliged to put in his head. He couldn't come into the temple just yet because he was still considered unclean. Even though he might have been cleansed, he still couldn't come in yet. So he had to dip his head in. He had to, he had to put his head inside the tabernacle. And, and, and putting his head in, um, obliged to put his head his right hand and his right foot in order to have the blood put on them by the priest. The priest wouldn't go outside the, the tabernacle. This is what, um, the, the person had to put his right foot, right hand, and, and uh, the right, his right ear and his right hand inside. When I was going over this, brother and sister, I ain't going to lie to you. I was wondering, is this where the whole thing of, you put your right foot in, you put your right foot out, you put your right foot in, and you shake it all about. That was this going back to this? I didn't look it up, so I don't, I don't know. So don't 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 get caught up in saying that this is where it's directly derived from. Just out of curiosity, but I didn't go further into that. That you had to dip your right foot in, did the blood on it, and did you have to shake it off, or you had to put your put you put your head in, you put your head out, put your head in, and you shake it all about. It just—it was just curious, but I'm not tying those two together. Just, I was just wondering. So I'm gonna do the research and see if, if, if that not, all that does tie in. But the leper would have to put it um, in his right, um, put in his, put in his head, his right hand, and his right foot in order to have the blood put on them by the priest, who was in the court. And these were put in either, uh, put in either separately, one after another, or together. The, the tradition runs thus. The leper thrust in his head, and the priest put the blood upon the tip of his ear, his hand, and put it upon the thumb of, um, of his hand, his foot, and he put it upon the great toe of his foot. And the application of the blood of these uh, parts showed that the leper had, a, had now a right to hear the word of God. So, if, if, if this leper was unclean and he got clean, he got killed, he wouldn't kill the lamb. One priest would take the, the blood of the lamb in a vessel and take that blood and sprinkle it on the altar. Another priest would, would collect some of the blood in his hand. That, yes, this, this, this was really going on. Take some of the blood in his hand and then lead, the leper would meet him at the, at the tabernacle and then the leper had to put his, 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 his head in, his right, right hand, and his right toe. All right, and what this represented having the blood on the ear, 
It says, um, and the application of the blood, I'm reading the commentary, and the application of the blood to these parts showed that the leper now had a right to hear the word of God. So now you have to have this blood on your ear to represent you can now hear. This animal died. Now this blood is on you. So now you can hear the word of God. That this should give you a conscience to now that this animal's been killed. And now this innocent animal's blood, this meat animal's blood, this harmless animal's blood is now on you. So now you can hear the word of God because why were you cursed as a leper in the first place for something you did against God? For whatever choices that that this leper made, whatever choice was made, it pissed God off that you got leprosy. Then the Muslim had mercy and you got healed. Now, coming back, you done killed this, this innocent animal. Now the blood's on your right ear. Can you hear? Now you can hear the word of God. Stop listening to your own thoughts. Stop listening to your own mind. Stop listening to what you think is right and your justice and, and your grudges. Let that go because this animal just had to die for you. Let this get your, clean your mind. It says, the application of the blood to, uh, to these parts showed that the leper was now, uh, now had, a, had now a right to hear the word of God to partake in all privileges, to touch anything without defiling it, and go into any house or company where uh, he thought fit. He was now at full liberty. All right, so now you had the blood on your ear. Now you can hear the word of God. You're allowed to come and listen. Now you get the right hand, the blood on your right hand. Now you can build and put and start building and putting things together and partaking privileges because this animal died and got you got the the innocent blood of this animal on you so that now hopefully you'll think about what you're doing and what it is you're putting together that you had this blood. Are you sharing the word of God? So now when you go to build and you're putting things together that you get the blood in your hands. So hopefully when you put, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm thinking about putting, I'm thinking about doing that. Hold up. I got this blood in my hands. Why is the blood in my hands? Oh, it's like the ultimate Wrapping a, uh, a string around your finger. Oh, shit. Hold up. Before I do this, this animal had to die because of, of what I thought about in the first place when I caught leprosy. Let me not do this shit again. Let me make sure I'm hearing the word of God before I just jump and do something. That seems right to me, feels right to me. Something, some, something I came up with in my own damn imagination. Let me consider. Let me not just go balls out in what I feel, what I think, how I see it, how I judge it. There's animal's blood on my right hand. There's animal's blood on my right ear so I can hear the word of God. Now there's some some some, some mystic um, uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons um, sci-fi type of, of, of fantasy world. I've got this animal's blood on my ear let me make sure I'm listening to the word of God and then my own thoughts. I've got this blood on my hand. So if I, I want to go, go build something, I want to go do something, let me see the blood on my hand. Like, hold on, wait a minute. Before I, I start to do this. It's on my right foot. Let me make sure I'm walking in the right direction. Let me sh- make sure I'm walking in the right path. 
I've got this animal's blood, this innocent, harmless, meek, patient animal's blood, this, this lamb of a year old, only one year old, had to die. Let me stop a minute and be patient and think about what it is I'm doing. And not just be, well, you know I'm impatient. I ain't got no patience. I got a feeling. I get the feeling. I got a feeling. So I'm just going to go with my feelings. I'm going to go with what I think. What I, and my sense of justice and my sense of right, my sense of wrong, I'm going to go with what I feel. And if it's about you feeling, did you feel the warmth of this blood on your ear? Did you feel the warmth of this blood on, in your hand? on your right thumb? Did you feel the warmth of the blood on your big toe? If it's about your feelings. Obviously with the Israelites, we it didn't get we didn't get that feeling. For us, I have a pass to continue doing whatever the hell I want to do because yeah, this animal died for my sins. So I keep just doing what I want to do. And as long as I got sheep of a year old as long as I still got them, I can keep doing what I want to do and go through the motions of, all right, cool, yeah, I, I did it again. Oops, I did it again. I, not even oops, I did it again. All right, cool. I, yeah, I already know this part. Put some blood on my ear, put blood on my right hand, blood on my right toe. Cool, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go and redo what I just did. I got 10,000 sheep. I got a whole pen. I got a whole meadow where I just keep year old year old lambs, just for the purpose of I'm going to keep doing what the hell I want to keep doing. You, you know the same mentality of well, Christ, Christ died, so I can keep doing what I want to do. Well, that's why these lambs keep dying. That's why they were born. These lambs are born so I can kill them so I can keep living my life, so I can keep living my best life. These innocent lambs of a year old being raised up for a whole year, they were, so every day I can come offer an offering every single day. They're dying so I can keep doing me. And that's the same mentality people take with Christ. Christ died so I can keep doing me. To take away the sins was if this blood was shed, stop doing what the hell you're doing. Don't continue in it. Reading on with with the commentary. It says, more evangelically, these things may signify the sanctification and cleansing of those parts. And the whole man uh, by the blood of Christ. Again, all this was signified by the blood of Christ now that now that this man died because of my choices, this innocent man, this harmless man, this meek man, this patient man went through that type of torture, shed his blood, was put to death, maybe now I might get a conscience. We're at the travel mark, but I'm going to keep going. It says, uh, uh, of the whole man by the blood of Christ, and particularly may signify that as the ear is unclean, uncircumcised, and unsanctified 
in a leprous center, and even there and hearing, and even there are hearing sins in the best of men. The ear is sanctified, and hearing sins uh, removed by the blood of Christ. And now, I'm not going to hear what other people are doing, so I'm going to partake in what they're doing because I heard what they're doing. Now, by the blood of Christ, let me, hold up, I've got this, this blood on my ear. Let me not do that. I'm not going to hear what y'all got going on to justify this mob mentality. I'm going to join the mob. I'm going to submit to the peer pressure. And as the right hand, being the instrument of action. Yeah, you use your right hand to build. It's the instrument of action. From reading on, may denote the evil works of men. And even since the most righteous, and even since the most righteous performances of the best of men are attended with sin, the blood of Christ, which cleanses from all sin, had need to be put upon them. That again. The blood of, of, of these lambs being put on the ear and put, it, put it on the hand from the time of Moses all the way up until Christ, it wasn't stopping the Israelites from sinning and choosing to do what they wanted to do, choosing to follow their own imagination. Completely opposite of the effect that, that the Most High wanted to be done with the sacrificing of these lambs. Then now Christ is the Lamb of God that his sacrifice now might purge our conscience, clean up our thoughts, help us direct our choices much better. Reading on the commentary. And whereas the conversation of them, I'm sorry, and whereas the conversion, no, conversation of them, which uh, the foot may be an emblem of, is sinful and vain. It is by the blood of Christ that they are redeemed from it, and the influence of that blood sprinkled on the conscience will oblige and constrain men to live and walk soberly, righteously, and godly. So being washed in the blood of the Lamb, brothers and sisters, that didn't start with Christ. Being washed in the blood of the Lamb was, yeah, all the lamb sacrifices, the animal sacrifices that, that the Israelites were already doing was originally supposed to purge our consciences from that time, it didn't. We kept sinning. We kept making choices that made us feel good. We went with our own emotions or with the mob mentality. Those animal sacrifices did not purge our conscience. We kept doing what we wanted to do. But now the blood of Christ, that now it might um, sprinkle that... Um, I'm reading again. The blood of Christ that there are that they are redeemed from it, and the influence of that blood sprinkled on the conscience will oblige and constrain men to live and walk soberly, righteously, and godly. All right. I'm gonna take some time now. I'm gonna go through the consecration of the high priest. We read about a leper now who was unclean, but now being cleaned back up. What a leper had to do. Let's read about the high priest. Let me read about the servants of God, the high priest, right? And, again, this goes all the way back to, to, to the days of, Noah, of, of Moses when we came out of Egypt. And we first got the law, the contract, the judgments of God. Exodus chapter 29, verses 19 through 21. Exodus chapter 29, verses 19 through 21. 
I said, and thou shall take the other the other ram. And this is dealing with now Aaron. This is dealing with the consecration of the priest. This is how, when the priest, the high priest, had to be consecrated or, 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 be, or be cleansed to start their office. All right? Um, again, Exodus chapter 29, verse 19. And thou shalt take the other ram, and Aaron and his sons shall put their hands upon the head of the ram. So Aaron and his sons had to literally put their hands on the head of this ram. You had to feel it. You had to understand you're about to kill this innocent animal. It says, Then shalt thou kill the ram, and take of his blood, and put it upon the tip of the right ear of Aaron, and upon the tip of the right ear of his sons, and upon the thumb of their right hand, and upon the great toe of their right foot, and sprinkle the blood, listen to this, y'all, and sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about. And thou shalt take of the blood that is upon the altar and of the uh, anointing oil and sprinkle it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his sons and upon the garments of his sons with him. And he shall be hollowed and his garments and his sons and his son's garments with him. The high priest not only did they, have, did they have to have the blood on their right, their right ear, their right thumb, and the, the, the big toe of their right foot, this blood and the holy anointing oil had to be sprinkled on them and on their garments. They had to be bathed or washed in the blood of a lamb. Let's read, let's read the, um, uh, the John Gill Commentary on Exodus chapter 29, verse 20 and 21. This is the John Gill Commentary on Exodus chapter 29, verses 20 and 21. So when the scripture says, Then shalt thou kill the ram um, and take of his blood, it says, As the other, some part of it being received into a basin. So some of the blood, just like we read with the leper, some of the blood had to be received in a basin. It says, uh, read on with the scripture, and put it upon the tip of the right ear of Aaron and upon the tip of the right ear of his sons. That's what the scripture says. Now let's read the commentary. According to Jarichi, this is the middle gristle within the ear. Are you hearing? So it wasn't just the top of your ear. It was in the middle gristle of your ear, within the ear. But it says, uh, Sadiah but Riley says it is the tender part which joins the orb of the ear. The part right above the ear, where the ear connects to your skull. The blood was put upon this part to sanctify it, to sanctify the ears. With the blood of this lamb, are you hearing the words of the Most High? Are you going by your own thoughts, your own words? With you for your own understanding You've got this lamb that was killed This blood is on you You're the high priest Make sure you ain't going by what you feel is right Make sure you're going by the word of God Make sure you're cleaning up your thoughts And what it is you're paying attention to What we listen to Reading over the commentary And blood was put upon his uh, this part to sanctify it, 
and cleanse from sin, that come thereby and to teach the high priest that he ought, he ought attentively to listen to what, to what should be said unto him of the Lord. You, this blood is being put on you. The blood of this lamb is being put on you so you can attentively listen to what God says. That he might faithfully report it to the people. What God said, not his own thoughts. And, and, and as our great high priest had his ear open and awakened uh, to hear as he learned, and happily are his people who have ears to hear the joyful sound and take pleasure in it, and who are cleansed from their hearing, uh, from their hearing sins by his precious blood. Remember how Christ said, "My judgment is, is, is true, because I, I go by what I judge by what I hear." Being that high priest, Christ being that, that that spiritual high priest, Christ didn't go by his own words, his own thoughts, his own feelings. He made sure he was going by what the scripture said, what God says. Not what came good right to him. Not what felt appeasing to him. Reading on. And the scripture says, and upon the thumb of their right hand, it says on the middle joint of it, um, says uh, Jerichi, who, who was a, um, a, a Middle Ages um, historian. And it says, upon the great toe of the right foot. That's what the scripture says. Another commentary. The hands and fingers being the instruments of action and the feet and toes of walking so that the life and conversation of the priest of the Lord ought to be pure and holy. And so their antitype perfectly was, and whereas there is, there is imperfection in all the actions and even in the best righteousness of the saints, and their walk and conversation is without sin. They have need to have them sprinkled with and their, conversa- their con- conversation garments washed and made white in the blood of the Lamb. Knowing that we're men, it was necessary in the law that this, 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 this ritual was done to be a reminder to be of Make sure you're listening to the words of God and that's your own. Make sure that what you're putting together with your hands, what you're building, is what God wants. Make sure that you get the, this blood on your toe, you're walking the right path. Not what you came up with. Reading on, not leading to your own understanding. When the scripture says, and sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about, the, um, uh, the the commentary says, as was done with the blood of the other ram, from Exodus chapter 29, verse 16. Verse 21 now, continue on with the commentary with verse 21. Exodus chapter 29, verse 21. And thou shalt take of the blood that is upon the altar. That's what the scripture says. Here's the commentary. Not that which was sprinkled upon it, which cannot be gathered up in, in such quantities as to be sprinkled again, but which was in a basin on it, having been received into, into it when the ram was slain. All right? It said, the, the scripture says, and of the anointing oil, the commentary, hereafter to be made, and with which Aaron was anointed, as soon as he had his garments on, 
And this is a different anointing from that which was poured upon his head. This was sprinkled on his garments as follows. So there was anointing oil that, that, that went on top of Aaron's head, but this was totally different. This anointing oil was going to be mixed with the blood of this ram that was slain. Reading on. And sprinkle it upon Aaron. The, the scripture says, and sprinkle it upon Aaron. The commentary says, both the blood and the oil were now sprinkled upon Aaron. The scripture says, and upon his garments, the commentary says, the note of Abin Ezer is under the garments of Aaron and on his and on his garments, as it were sprinkled within and without. So Aaron had to have like open up his garments and had his blood and oil sprinkled on him. Then then close his garments back up and have the blood and oil sprinkled on that. He was covering the blood. You know what's crazy? I know a lot of people. Did this is going to seem like a, a jump or, or a, a far, far this, this is going to be like I'm reaching. But if you look at how voodoo is done, like down in Haiti, and you look at how they sprinkle blood on everything, but they just use the blood of a, a cat, a dog. They'll, they'll use rams, though, also. But it's all about making sure you get sprinkled by this blood, that the blood gets all over you. If we're not going to say there's a correlation between those rituals may now be used on the left-hand side and what Aaron was doing on the right-hand side as being the priest and being washed in the blood of a lamb, that that cleansing, that the blood had to be on your ear, your right hand, and your right foot, and then the blood and oil was sprinkled all over you. You see it in, in Santeria where the guy would take the the, uh, the, uh, the bottle of alcohol that he's drinking, he'd get a mouthful of alcohol, then he'd hold up a, 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 like a lantern or a torch, and then he'll spit all the alcohol out and shoot flames out. I'm going to read on. I'm going to read on. I'm going to read on. And sprinkle it upon Aaron. And I'm referring to the, the, the sprinkling of where, where the blood and everything had to be sprinkled on, on, on objects. The blood had to be sprinkled on, on, on whatever. That in, in the Santeria, uh, Bluhadia, and Voodoo, that they'll take that mouthful, a whole, a full mouthful of alcohol with the fire, and they'll spit like they're sprinkling that alcohol with that fire over whatever it is that needs to, that needs to be cleansed, that needs to be purged. But that's just being used on the left-hand side. I'm not saying that that's right at all. But in how much blood had to be used or was done in dealing with God, the almighty God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that the blood of these animals, how it was used, is supposed to help cleanse our minds, cleanse our spirits from the thoughts of, don't let me follow my own mind. Don't let me follow and put together what I think is right or pure or good. This animal had to die. Reading on, uh, it says, and upon his garments. Uh, nope. And upon his sons. Read over the, 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 the scripture. And upon his sons and upon the garments of his sons with him. The commentary reads, at his first unction, his sons do not seem to have been anointed at all. But now they and their garments are sprinkled both with blood and oil. Denoting both the justification of the priest of the, of the Lord 
by the blood of Christ and the sanctification of them by the Spirit and the need that both their persons and their actions stand in of cleansing by them both. That make sure that what, you're, what you hear, what you're building, how you're walking, what you're wearing, what you surround yourself with is what God wants and it's not your own thoughts because this animal had to die. This innocent animal of a year old had to die, shed his blood to be a reminder for us. But what we're seeing is from the days of Noah, Moses, all over to Christ, that had no effect on us. That didn't cleanse our, 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 our spirits. That didn't cleanse our, our, our thoughts. We kept following what we wanted to follow. We kept following our own imagination. We kept following our, our own sense of justice, of right and of wrong, based on what's comfortable or convenient for each individual. That's why the scripture says, I see why the scripture says we're very hard hard hearted people are very stubborn and stiff-necked people are people that refuse to submit reading over the commentary and he shall be hollowed and his garments and his sons and his sons garments with him that's what the scripture says now we read the commentary behind that all should be holy in a ceremonial sense and devoted to holy holy uses and services we read uh, Psalm seven forty five verse eight. So brothers, I'm going to end it with that. I'm going to end today's class with that right there. I'm going to go ahead and end today's class with that right there, uh, and we'll come back on Monday and continue with, uh, uh, with uh, this this topic. But again, I want to get into the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Christ, Christ being the Passover, and and what that actually meant. That being washing the blood of the Lamb, being having the blood of the Lamb sprinkled on you. That's the ancient Israelite law. That's the ancient Israelite custom. That's the Israelites have been doing that already. That wasn't just started with Christ. That wasn't just something brand new started with Christ. That's something we've been doing. That's something, the slaying of, of, of lambs, innocent lambs, that had been done. That was being done. But it didn't stop us from sinning. And I'm not talking about on some, 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 uh, Harry Potter magic or some 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 witches of Eastwick type of, of, of witches brew. I'm not talking about it like that. Or some seance type of, of, of nonsense. The blood of that animal, again, God is practical. The blood of the animal, again, being practical, be careful about what you're hearing. This animal died, so you don't just go by and remember, let me get that real quick. This is also very symbolic and it, 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 it's almost scary. Brothers and sisters, remember this. I'm about to pick my phone up. Um, and having that blood put on your right ear, and having the blood of the lamb put on your right ear, going all the way back to the days of Moses, for, for that 1,500-year span from, from Moses giving us the law until Christ came, that almost 1,500 years, that this is what Christ came back and said, that for all that amount of time, from, from Moses all the way up until Christ, we've been sacrificing animals. And from the days of Moses until Christ, we've been having the blood put on our ears, put on, put on our, um, uh, our right hands, put on our, our, 
are big toes. The high priest and, and their sons having the blood sprinkled upon them and their garments. We we've been going through that. If I was a, if you was a leper, if you was, uh, had an issue, a disease, whatever, that and you being cleansed or healed from that disease, you had to have the blood of this lamb, the blood of this this lamb, the sheep, this ram, sprinkled on you, put on you, put on your right ear, your right hand, and your right toe. But why? Why the right ear? Again, when we read Luke. Chapter 8, verse 18. Luke, chapter 8, verse 18. Take heed, therefore, how you hear. These are the words of Christ. As, as, as I was going into the study, and we, I, we're going to end this here. How many times did it say in the New Testament, he that has ears to hear, let him hear? He that has ears to hear, let him hear. That is in reference to when we would have to have the blood of this lamb, of a lamb put on our right ear. Take heed to what you're hearing. Be aware of what you're listening to. Are you listening to your own thoughts? Are you listening to the thoughts of your mom, your dad, or someone else who is not giving you the, the thoughts or the words of the Most High? Be careful. Take heed. There's innocent, defenseless, harmless, meek, Patient animals dying because you won't listen. You only listen to you. All right, cool. That's not working. All right, let's get. We, we got to take it here now. Christ, go down and die for him. Go down and suffer for them. Go down and let your blood be shed in the most brutal of ways. So now maybe they'll develop a conscience to stop making to, to start making the right choice. All right, brothers and sisters, I'm going to end with, in today's class with, with that right there. Um, if the Lord said the same, God's will, I will continue this class on Monday. I will continue this class on Monday. And again, you can listen to um, uh, you can listen live to our, our, our podcast uh, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to let me put my, my paper up from 10 a.m. to uh, 12 noon uh, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 12 noon here at uh, www.blogtalkradio.com uh, forward slash Mashaba or Area code 646-668-2568. Whenever the show is on, call that number, and you can listen in live through your phone uh, uh, and catch the live stream every Monday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to uh, 12 noon. And then again on Fridays uh, with the Brother Bonabod, with uh, Bonabod's Bible Breakdowns, um, starting at 7 p.m. through 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com or 646-668-2568. Six eight, all right. Um, if you'd like to help support uh, the Blog Talk Radio Show, you can reach me at. Let me pull this up again. You can send a donation to. You can send a financial donation uh, to help out the ISBHBK Bible Talk Podcast um, on Cash App at Mashaba. That's M A S H A H B A on Cash App. 
uh, or Google Wallet at uh, Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A, 575 at gmail.com. Again, any and all donations, uh, financial donations, uh, do help out. Um, uh, Bibles, apocryphals, encyclopedias, maps, um, uh, printers, whatever, are, are definitely accepted. We ask that you take those to the schools, either here in San Antonio, Houston, um, uh, Norfolk, or uh, Rochester. But if you'd like to help out specifically the ISBHBK Bible Talk uh, podcast, um, I am accepting donations at, on Cash App, um, at Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A, or Google Wallet at uh, Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A, 575 at gmail.com. All right, so with that, brothers and sisters, uh, please tune in tomorrow night, again, uh, for Bonabod's, uh Bible Breakdowns right here on, on www.blogtalkradio.com, the, the ISBHBK Bible Talk podcast. Uh, thank you for, for tuning in, and with that, I'm going to say shalom. Yeah. Uh-huh.